You should never ask what would you pay or what will you pay for something. You don't have to like create an entire thing to find out what people actually think. Finding the balance between the content you want to make and what your demographic actually wants to see. I am very baby-minded in this whole customer discovery field. I feel like I'm in a much better spot now. Raise your hand real quick. It's your first time in a challenge team. Cool. All right. So customer discovery. It's basically the idea of figuring out Hey, what value can I bring that actually solves somebody's problem? Parker, could you maybe do the honors and read this out for us? Yeah, sure. We wish we knew how to validate entrepreneurial concepts and create customer discovery surveys. We want to know how to go from an idea or problem we want to solve all the way through figuring out if people actually have that problem and if there is potential product or market fit for the idea. We've got people here from all sorts of different backgrounds, people who are trying to start companies, people who have already started companies and want to learn how to find better product market fit, people who just have barely an inkling of an idea and not even sure what it's going to turn into yet. But all of us are here because we've got something we want to explore and we want to find out if people can find value in it. But I want to start off with intros. So my name is Eric Breaker. I am a senior marketing student. I go to Susquehanna University and I run a small video marketing agency focused on just business stories. Storytelling. One of the other challenge groups I was in was the mission statement one. My mission statement was essentially to live a life worth watching and to use my passion, creativity, and consistency to inspire the younger generation to lead a life worth living. Hello, everyone. My name is Colby. Passionate about personal development and health and fitness. My motivation is to help me figure out what are the best questions to ask so therefore I can communicate the right way to help solve their problem. I am Parker. I am at NC State. I'm a junior studying marketing. I've been working on a podcast and community platform for high schoolers and college students around personal growth. I'm really interested in, you know, how can I really cater the content I'm making and the vision of the community? Well, I am Austin. And as Thomas said before, I work with him at Nine Miles Media. I'm the design team lead there. And I am also a student at NC State and co-run a small design firm called Ravi with Noah, who's also in this challenge team. It's been interesting to try and figure out how our sales process is going to be solidified moving forward, working as a collective rather than just on our own. I'm from Houston. There's definitely this weird mindset shift every time I come back here where when I'm in Raleigh, I'm not really able to see that safety net of, of my parents being there because it is so far away. So I really just have to push myself at all times. But when I come back here and when I'm having that safety net right there, it's a little bit easier to fall into old habits. Noah, Noah Wild, uh, co-founded review with Austin here. I'm a motion designer, graphic designer and illustrator. And Austin approached me with this group and it seemed like a really good growth opportunity. You know me, I, I can't pass up a growth opportunity. Very much into personal development. I'm also a graphic design major at NC State. A pervasive pattern in my own life that I have trouble getting rid of is being fully present. Oftentimes I'll find that I jump back into my head, especially in social situations. The filter that I have in front of my mouth becomes a little too strong. I'm Santana. I work with Thomas at Nine Miles. I am from outside DC in Maryland. I'm 25, but I went to school at University of Alabama and then I transferred and finished school at Roanoke College. I switched my major five times and ended up going with my minor, which was always English lit. Very outspoken. I've always just kind of been an advocate. And then I got into law school and I decided to move here instead. 
I've always been surrounded by people who are very ambitious. My dad's the head of policy at NASA. My mom does all this crazy stuff in her work. I never really took a chance to like sit back and think if what I was planning was what I wanted. I have been toying with the idea of combining this deep passion about criminal justice and my love for music. I would love to have my own venue exclusively employ formerly incarcerated individuals and find a way to do that. So I've been doing a lot of outreach in the community to business owners. I need to find a way to make that profitable still. My name is Josh. I am currently at NC State studying graphic communications. I like do a mixture between like design related as well as like technical stuff and finding a way to communicate complex ideas using graphics. My startup company, we sort of work on getting people connected in remote areas that don't have access to things like cellular connection. Literally today, sign all the paperwork for our patents to get filed and everything. So we're finally back able to talk to parks and stuff that we had originally reached out to to sort of figure out what their issues were. We need to figure out the right way to approach these individuals that we've had connections with. I think one of the things that I found myself doing is not like comparing myself to others, but allowing the thought of what somebody might think about what I do, stopping me from doing certain things. An example of that is like this year, I was asked to design the t-shirt for the Goodnight Scholars program at NC State. And I like did a ton of designs that were all what I thought everybody would expect me to do. And like, you know, the generic STEM design. And then finally I said, screw it, I'm gonna do my own thing, what I think looks good. And then they loved it. And I like, don't do that enough. I always feel like I have to please others before I do what I think is the best or what I would enjoy the most. My name's Justin. Nisa and I met at our university. It's called Watson and it's the first degree bearing social entrepreneurship incubator. So the idea is that you can apply in with a business, build out your business and get a degree at the same time. So what Nisa and I have been exploring is a business that would basically fund micro teams of young students to work on a short term basis, completing really impactful social outcomes around the world. We've been running a couple one-off projects for this. As we're looking at scale, we really need to nail down like what our customer profile is, how we're talking to them, what the value that we're bringing to them on this kind of larger macro picture is. Big snowboarder, trail runner, happily living in Boulder. My name's Misa. I grew up in a small town in Wisconsin called Viroqua. Not sure if you've ever heard of Waldorf education, but it's very focused on learning with the head, heart, and hands. And so somehow that helped me get on the trajectory of a life path that focuses on impact. And I think we have a culture in our world to try to fix and band-aid style a lot of the problems that exist because it is the easiest way to gratification. I believe that everyone deserves to smile. If people could be their most authentic selves and really exploring their passions and following their heart and doing what they love, I think there'd be a lot more smiles in the world. So that's my why. I think Daniel is the last to go. Engineering, entrepreneurship, I'm trying to combine those two. Growing up, I experienced a lot of change in my life. What I've noticed is that they all challenged me to go out of my comfort zone. I wanted to combine the two. And so at NC State right now, I'm majoring in industrial engineering with a minor in business entrepreneurship. Also, I'm starting a TikTok. So I'm really trying to figure out my audience just how to market it out better. Now we get to jump into the fun of it. What sort of goal should we set for the group? Having a framework that feels genuine each time and organic rather than feeling like some canned response. In an ideal world, if you could make up your perfect customer, what would those attributes be? How to find the right people to actually be asking the questions to. When you're reaching back out to people that you originally had went to to sort of diagnose a problem, and now you're going back with like, hey, this is sort of a solution that we think would be viable. How to sort of re rebuild that relationship 
without you said you're trying to sell a solution at this point. Finding the balance between your subjective desires of content you want to make and what your niche or demographic actually wants to see. I think also when to go back and start the whole customer discovery process over. There's also needs to be a mindset of like talking to a customer every single day, making sure that you don't lose touch of the initial you know need that you were filling just because you're doing things that you thought would be cool. Knowing when to pivot. Sometimes you'll have customer discovery sessions where you figure out the solution that you're creating just isn't going to work with the market. I'd love to figure out how to turn the discovery process into a profitable experience. It can be this kind of nebulous thing. Oh, I just want to learn more, you know, and, and really communicating the purpose of it is, is kind of something building on that. Does anyone have any interest in a little customer discovery call group spreadsheet where we all put in how many calls we want to have by the end of the five sessions and post them. That would be I'm cool for, for accountability. Make me have to actually do it. So I would think it'd be super interesting to brainstorm the present condition and like what my current clientele is and who I'm marketing towards in that regard. But then what's the next step from there in like five years, where do I want to be and who do I want to be working with? I want to comb through the notes and recordings of all the discovery calls I've had so far and determine what types of questions work best, what didn't and see what sort of trends I can find there. If one of us like goes through the customer discovery process and then we all like observe. It's like, like a live live view of an operating room at a hospital. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's like a ton of books out there that I feel like really help with this phase. Uh, Start with why is an example of a book that a friend at Thomas uh, recommended I read. And I feel like books like that, that really sort of help you understand like the fundamental basis of, you know, your mission and then how that relates to the customers that you're serving something we could do is like if you have a book or something you think would be super fundamental or, or helpful for somebody in this situation to share it might be really cool if anybody else is looking to like buy a book or anything like that don't buy before talking to me because i may have the one that you're already looking for here on the shelf Austin, if you want to kind of kick us off, that would be great. Let's do it. So I reached out to people who contacted us first. They were interested in work. We had a discovery call with them to see if it was a good fit for both parties, and it ended up not being a good fit. So we didn't actually end up pitching them on a project. What I'm struggling with on that end is how to have those direct conversations without coming off as salesy, because a pretty decent number of them thought I was just trying to sell them this common package. It was pretty hard to get to the root of what someone was actually wanting to pay in terms of like the value they saw there, or them just defaulting to like, well, I I know a friend who paid this amount for something similar, even if it's not the same level of quality that's being brought to the table, that sort of thing. The more transparent you are, you don't even have to be formal about it. Literally say like, hi, I'm not trying to sell you anything, but I'm just curious because we're starting this business. Um, was I reached out to parks and areas that I figured like I ultimately wouldn't be contacting again for a very long time. And that sounds kind of dumb, but it was sort of like, I can talk to them and say, hey, I promise you I'm not selling anything. And then I don't really intend to sell them anything for a hot minute. So maybe reach out to people who, you know, use the type of stuff that you're marketing, but you don't actually see as, you know, an easy to access customer right now at the point where your business is. On this note was I had spoken to a guy named Gabe. And one thing that he had told me was like, you should never, ever, ever ask what would you pay or what will you pay for something, but always like, what have you paid? Or what do you pay? Sometimes setting up theoreticals can lead to confirmation bias on accident, even when you don't mean to. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot easier for somebody to say, oh, maybe I would pay for that much. Instead of saying like, oh, like this is the history of what we've paid. And this is like what we've looked at comparatively. I feel like I'm in a much better spot now.
My first commitment was to read the first four proclamations of the Win Without Pitching Manifesto. Everybody here is not in the agency world. Win Without Pitching is like, as a creative, you should kind of try and treat yourself more as like a doctor rather mm -hmm. than like a vendor. Stars don't audition. Doctors aren't going to audition. They're just going to point you to like, hey, I've done this for this person. Do you want me to do it for you too? So it's like, you're more of a practitioner. That's what this methodology is all about. You feel like you have to have a certain amount of clout before you can start doing that, right? And from the beginning, I was like, well, but like, you got to just, you got to just start somewhere. You know, Eric, this is something you've worked with before. It's like, oh, should I just like accept all clients that come my way? Or should I turn some away? Well, why don't we just like set what our acceptable client profile is and then just say, hey, when we get to X amount of revenue, boom, we're going to instantly start enforcing two out of three of this. So it's just setting a measurable benchmark rather than like, oh, sometime in the future, maybe we'll start actually doing this how we want to do it. It's like, hey, when we get to this point, we are going to start enforcing it. I ended up focusing on the front half, which was to research and create a doc of my ideal client. But I literally wrote down every single client and I just wrote down like little pros and cons. I ended up coming up with four things that I value most for people that I work with and what I'm going to be looking for. And that's number one. I want to work with people that give me at least a decent amount of creative freedom. Uh, two, I really enjoy clients that like are invested enough that are like creating their own scripts. Three, but people that value my work. Lastly, having a flexible budget. Every single corporate business that I worked with had most of these traits. I knew the importance of niching down, but I just like didn't take the time and energy to do it because I'm, I'm always doing other things. So that was absolutely huge for me. Depending on exactly what you're doing, sometimes making something that isn't like just a generic email stands out a lot, whether it's like a super short, like little motion graphics thing that's like, hey, like this is what I do. I'd like to offer this stuff to you, like name drop them specifically. And it Everyone obviously gets emails, but if I could like literally sit behind a camera and say like, hey, blank company, this is what a video could do for you. That would be awesome. They've been diving into lean startup stuff a lot. The whole methodology does is redefine startup to be any team of people who is operating in a very uncertain set of circumstances, basing your progress, not on actual like money made or like output or anything, instead basing it on validated learning. And it's also all about shortening the amount of time that you spend on things. And I'm out the last couple months, we've been working on this webinar and it's supposed to like drive some sales for the agency. We launched it like last week. And then we had to make the decision today to probably cancel the first one because just not enough people signed up. And I was like, well, damn, why didn't we just like reach out to a few people and actually like ask them like, Hey, would a webinar like this even be beneficial to you before we went through this whole process of like spending months and like, you know, hundreds of hours creating everything for it. Contrary to popular belief, you don't necessarily have to like create an entire thing before you go out and send it and find out what people actually think. One of these videos I watched talked about, there's like three different types of MVPs. So MVP, minimum viable products, just the idea of having this, the smallest amount of effort put in to create something that's just barely enough to get somebody's feedback. Realizing that a lot of startups die because they get in this little weird middle space where it's like, oh, well, people kind of like it, but like, oh, they're not really paying for it. You're either going to pivot or you're going to grow or you're going to just kill that idea. Steve Blank has a whole video series right here. Steve Blank is like the, the father of modern customer discovery kind of thing. And then Alex Cohen has a gigantic customer discovery handbook. I thought this one was really cool. It's like, hey, if you have a problem you think you need to solve, go to where everybody is right now online who doesn't like the current offering. This was a cool one. Like you're looking for the raw emotion during customer discovery calls. Like when somebody gets like really amped up, excited, or maybe they're like really frustrated relaying a negative experience. That's what you're looking for, the emotion of it. And going to the funders that I want to pitch to support this group of people, I need to like have my languaging around who these people are really dialed. I've been making these little Instagram snippets. I shot five more this week and it was super helpful to get just like these interviews on camera. So I like can go back and like watch through them. I've narrowed it down to five 
things. The first one is that these young people are like, I need a way to make money. And that's why I'm going to go back into the service industry or go get a corporate job because that's like my immediate need. The next one is that they have other things going on, whether it's school or jobs or friends, this offering that I'm trying to give them, it needs to be part-time. The next one is like this idea of like upward mobility. Like people want to eventually have a career. People want to have points on their resume. I have conversations with high profile people. People want to engage deeper with the influencers that they follow. The last one is that they don't know yet. There's a lot of like up in the air around, you know, like I kind of like this area, like climate change sounds cool. And like, I think I'd maybe want to do research in that. So having like flexibility, I think I've like articulated this group pretty well in my head, but I'm struggling. Like, I don't know what I need to say, you know, like, are these like individuals like 17 to 26 who are like living in these areas and like doing these things? Like, I'm not sure how to verbally articulate this group of people. I think the common denominator I'm seeing with all of this is that they don't have their mission statement yet. Take step backs and say, okay, what are you trying to accomplish? Because the way you do it, it can be so many different ways, right? People that just don't know their why yet. So often we represent ourselves based on what we have done in the past. And it's an interesting question to look at representing yourself based on what you want to do and where you want to go. Okay, so Gimlet Media is this really great podcasting platform from Alex Bloomberg, who's the guy behind This American Life and stuff like that. He went off and started his own company called Gimlet after working NPR for years and years and years. And they have this one podcast called Startup. The first like 20 episodes are literally like the moment of founding of their company all the way up until they like raise their like third round of investment. By recording these things on camera, it's like you're actually kind of documenting the process of creating this startup too. I was going to narrow down my target market for TikTok. I'm thinking, okay, what's my why for that? Literally, I'm just putting out things that I think are brilliant. The people that would be the most receptive to my content would be people that value learning that have more than a few hobbies. Just last week was the first time I went on Instagram live regarding the polls. I will be like, is learning one of your core values? Yes or no? Do you have more than two hobbies? Yes or no? If they could summarize TikTok with three characteristics, what would it be? What's the hardest part about having a lot of hobbies? If you could do anything to improve your traditional learning experience, what would it be? Have you heard of uh, Mark Manson, Daniel? He wrote the books, um, The Subtle Art of Not Giving It Up. He has got one of probably the best ways of marketing. Basically, he'll ask like a string of polls, like, do you do this? How do you feel about this? Do you do this? Do you do X, Y, and Z? And the very end of it, he says... Well, depending on your answer to that, check this out. And like at the end of it, it's almost like I've already answered all these polls. I basically told myself that I'm interested in this. Why don't I just quickly read it? What have we learned? No, and I developed that customer survey. I was able to take those questions that we came up with and actually run a lead through them. Process was so much smoother. We saved like an hour and a half of time, at least internally. And the client was like super happy about it because they got to talk about what they're excited about, you know? But the structure is what I'm not 100% on. I don't want it to feel as much as a form. I'm just trying to give it some sort of creative spin, something that they can interact with visually. Like for example, if it's asking for timeline, they highlight the, the days or the months. But let's say the question popped up was like, hey, what's your budget? And you could have over here in like smaller text, you're like, you know, we asked this because it will determine the scope of the project. It's almost like giving the why behind each question. What we've been finding throughout our pilot projects is that like word of mouth actually is really effective. And I've yet to figure out like how that scales. It's like if we were all to recommend a person that we thought 
would be good for the next session type thing like that could be an effective way at least to get some people involved in that i want to give us enough time for everybody to go around and kind of reflect on the time how was your experience what did you learn and then also what do you want to do in the future like where do you want to take it from here the biggest thing i learned i am very baby-minded in this whole entrepreneurial customer discovery field it's good because it, it challenged me in a way all right austin's first challenge team what do we think that's what i was just about to start with it was i think one of the best teams that i could have had to open my eyes up to this process i just know i don't exactly mesh well with traditional education i truly see that with accountability teams as the future of education all of us are trying to figure this stuff out together and yet i feel like i learned more than i would have just by googling some different things. Got lots of perspectives that I wouldn't have otherwise. That learning by experience while also getting to do it with other people that are just as ambitious as I am. Really awesome because you don't find people like that everywhere. First time challenge team. I'm really excited about how this group came together around like a specific theme and like we all acted off of that. It's been really awesome, you guys, and always love hanging out with, with you fine people. So really appreciate everybody taking the time. Looking forward to continuing the conversation.